Welcome to the Connection Point Church Podcast. We hope to be an encouragement throughout your week. New episodes are available every Sunday evening and Thursday evening. We also invite you to join us live on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. and Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. And one more time, put your hands together. Let's thank the Lord for He is good. Amen. 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 So good to be in church this morning. My word, get a smile on your face. Amen. We're going to get into the word of the Lord here today. So glad that you are with us this morning. Amen. Amen. I like Logan. I can, I can, I can, uh, I can uh, relate to that. I woke up this morning. We just got a little porch with a tin a metal roof. And so I've been waiting for a good hard rain. I can hear that metal just cracking. I woke up this morning. I said, man, this would be just... This would be a nice morning, but I'm telling you, I'm glad to be in church today. Amen. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. That's right. You're going to be better for having been in church this morning. Amen. Because I believe the Lord has a word for you today. Everyone point to yourself. Say, the Lord has a word for me. Say, it's for me. It's for me. Amen. 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 I've been seeking God, praying and seeking the Lord. And I can say confidently, I believe the Lord has a word for us today. We're going to turn to the book of 1 Samuel chapter 14. Amen. The book of 1 Samuel chapter 14. We'll also be turning with turning to the book of Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8 verse 31. Amen. We're going to just get into the word here just a little bit. I want to encourage you. I want to just... Uh, clean up a couple things here. Uh, the tent revival coming up again. We are going to be having that uh, planning or that volunteer meeting right after service. I'm, I'm going to say about 15 minutes. All right, and so I'm just going to kind of share what the plans are, what the vision are is, and if you're able or willing, interested in helping, we're going to try to just kind of plug in a few tasks. And so uh, I just want to tell you, the month of September, we are really going to be dedicating. Uh, ourselves to uh, to pulling this off. Amen. I just believe God is going to do something great. Amen. I really do. I really do. I just feel in my spirit that as this world becomes more and more crazy and chaotic and hectic, uh, I just believe God is calling us uh, to become more radical in our evangelism and in our and in our and in our faith. Amen. And so. The revival, though, is going to be a Friday, a Saturday, and then Sunday we'll be here, uh, God willing, here in the service. So Friday is September 30th, Saturday is October 1st, and then that Sunday is October 2nd. And so mark your calendars, be here, I don't care, I don't care what you have planned, just be at church, amen, be in those revivals. We want everyone to be in those services, it's going to be a great time, amen, amen. First Samuel chapter 14, I won't keep you too long, the book of... First Samuel says, And Jonathan said to the young man that bare his armor, that was carrying his armor, that was his attendant, that was his helper, Come, and let us go over unto the garrison of these uncircumcised Philistines. And here it is. Don't miss this. All right, we're going to get right to it. He says, he says, let's go over there to the outpost of those uncircumcised men, perhaps or just maybe. The Lord will act on our behalf. You never know what God might do. If we'll just have a little bit of faith. Come on, I'm preaching to somebody right now. You just never know what the Lord might do. He says, let's go over there to those, 
to those uncircumcised. Let's go over there to those Philistines. Let's go over there to those mockers and those criticizers, those, those enemies of the Lord. Let's go over to those who are against the things that God would have us to do. And just maybe, or perhaps the Lord will act on our behalf. You never know what God might do if we'll get a little bit of faith and put our faith into action. Nothing can hinder the Lord from saving, whether it be by many or whether it be by few. I want to tell you, there's a word for somebody in that today. You just never know. Verse 7, And his armor bearer said unto him, Do all that is in thine heart. Turn thee, behold, I am with thee. Come on, according to your heart and to your soul. In other words, I see the faith. I believe God is able. And so we are with you. I am with you 100%. Let's go. Let's just see what God will do. Jonathan had faith today. He had a hope today. He had a hope in this text. And I think we need to have a similar kind of faith and a similar kind of hope that if we will just put our trust in the Lord, if we'll just move forward in faith, if we'll just step out by faith. Come on, how many know? You just never know what God might do on your behalf. Let's turn to the book of Romans chapter 8 verse 31. I'm going to back it up with a little New Testament, if that's okay with you. What shall we say then in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? Come on. What Paul's saying is God is for us. If you are in Christ, if you have faith in Christ, amen, neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, neither height, nor depth, nor any other creature can separate you from the love of Christ. God is for you. Who can be against you? Just maybe, if we'll just put our faith into action, we'll just see what the Lord could do. Amen? Amen. I want to just get a little faith in your heart today, in your spirit. You may not be fighting some Philistines. Come on, you might not fight some Philistines this week, but you might have some other fights that you've got to fight. Amen? Anyone have some challenges in your life? Anyone have some, some situations that if you would just put a little faith, a little action, a little trust, you don't have a guarantee how it's going to work out, but what I'm preaching to you is that if you'll just trust in the goodness of God, you just might see God do a miracle in your life. That's what I'm preaching, that kind of faith. Amen? And so for the next couple moments, I want to preach on this subject, just maybe. Amen. Can we just lift our hands all over this place? Amen. Just maybe, just maybe. Come on, if God is for you, then just maybe God might do something on your behalf. Let's pray. God, we just praise you. We honor you. We thank you, Lord. Thank you for everyone that rolled out of bed, that, that drank their coffee, God, and made it to the house of the Lord with a right heart and a right spirit. God, they've come with faith. And Lord, we pray, Lord, as we lift our faith, we received a word of direction and encouragement and inspiration. God, you're going to move on our behalf. You're going to work on our behalf. You're going you're to do the miraculous today, God. We give you all the praise. We give you all the glory. And we ask it in the wonderful name of Jesus Christ. And everybody said, amen. God bless you. Thank you for standing. You may be seated. Amen. 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 Just maybe. You just never know. Come on. You just never know what God might do. Amen. As I was preparing my message, uh, thinking about this sermon, about this message, praying over it, I was just reminded in my thoughts and in my spirit, in my, in my heart, I was encouraged. 
of something today, a truth, a principle, a fact, a reality that I want to just encourage you with. And I want to just impart to you this morning a, an, an, an encouragement into your, into your mind this week, an encouragement into your attitude this week, some faith and some hope. And, and that thought that encouraged me, that thought that inspired me, that thought that motivated me for this message this morning is the truth and the reality is that our faith, the Christian faith, is that, that it is one based upon good news. Amen. That our faith is not based on bad news. Amen. Our faith is based on good news. In fact, the gospel of Jesus Christ really is the good news of the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. There's, there's no question that in the good news there was some bad news. Amen. That there was a death and there was a burial. There's no denying that reality, that we have bad days, that we have difficult times and seasons. But the good news about that news is that at the end of that death and at the end of that three-day burial, I want to tell you that God turned all of that bad news around and there was a resurrection hope. And now we can stand here today on the faith that our God is the God of good news. In fact, I want to tell you this morning that if I am doing my job correctly as a preacher and as a pastor then I should be consistently and faithfully teaching and preaching the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so when we come into church and we come into the house of the Lord, our hearts and our minds should be reflecting on the word of God. We should be reflecting on the reality and the truth that, that we, among all people, that we have a hope. And, and although we may go through some times of difficulty, there may be some death and some burial in our life. That at the end of the other end of that valley, at the under end, other end of that season, at the other end of that experience, that there is a resurrection coming. Come on, how many believe today that at the end of the day that we have hope? At the end of the day, we have joy. At the end of the day, that there's good news. You have spiritual hope today. Come on today. I say, I have hope today. I have a spiritual, there is a good news in my spirit. Come on, just say that. There's a good news in my spirit. God's going to work it all out. I don't care what you're going through. I don't care what you've been through. God is going to turn everything around for my good if I'll just keep on pressing, if I'll just keep on loving, if I'll just keep on serving, if I'll just keep a right heart and a right attitude. God is going to work everything together for my good. And so we should be preaching it. We should be talking about it. We should be thinking about it. We should be living like we believe it. And so our message this morning, our message in general, is not compromised when we are preaching a message of hope and a message of reconciliation through the power of the Holy Ghost. In fact, Jesus himself said that I have come not to condemn the world, but that the world through me might be saved. He didn't come to condemn a world that's already condemned. He said, I've come to bring good news. I've come to bring some hope. I've come to bring some optimism. I've come to bring some joy. And so our approach should be like Jesus' approach. We don't have to be too harsh, rude, inconsiderate, judgmental, or condemning. Rather, we can come and equipped and 
and empowered with the love and the joy and the hope of the Holy Ghost to tell somebody that's down and out and discouraged and at the end of their road and maybe thinking about giving up, hey, don't you give up too soon because there is a God that loves you and knows you and there's a hope today. Come on, through the power of the Holy Ghost, there's hope. Through the power of His Spirit, there's good news. I want to tell you, there's good news for the drug addict today. Amen. There is good news for those living in sin today. There is good news for just the average family man that has a job and has a nine to five and has a family and has a mortgage and has two cars and has a picket fence and everything in his life seems to be right. But he puts his head down on his pillow at night and he knows that there is something missing in his life that he needs God. There's good news for that man today. Whatever your situation is, I want to tell you that there is hope and good news that you can be blessed, that you can be set free, and that you can be healed today. There's good news. Everyone say there's good news. I was thinking about just how good a news this is and how good that news is to the lives of everyday people. And I was thinking about over the years of my life and ministry and just some of the experiences that I've had of hearing God's goodness in the lives of people and, 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 and just times talking to other pastors and other ministers over the years of some of the good things that God has done in their church and in their life. And I'm reminded of a few stories of things that God has done in the lives of people, lives like this, a devout Muslim who, who, was, who was coming to a youth service. There was a, a group of youth uh, children that were inviting this devout Muslim, this young man that was from a devout Muslim family, and, and he was wanting to go to church with his friends. They were Pentecostal, apostolic Pentecostal kids, and, and they were inviting him to come to this church, and his parents wouldn't let him go to the Sunday morning service but because they were devout Muslims, but he kept on them about going to be with their friends, and so they decided to let him come to a youth service, and, and so this devout Muslim young, young person, this teenager, went to a youth service on a midweek service, and in the middle of the service, God began moving in that service, and that devout Muslim young man began feeling the presence of God in his heart. He had never experienced God's presence. He had never heard or felt what he had felt, and God began moving on him, and by the end of that service, that devout Muslim, that devout young man found himself in an altar, a Pentecostal altar, with his hands lifted, speaking in other tongues, confessing the name of Jesus. I want to tell you today if God can fill a devout Muslim with the Holy Ghost I want to tell you there's good news for you and there's good news, good news for me. <clears throat> I was reminded of another story of a, a young man you've heard me tell a story. He was a young man, a friend of mine was preaching at a church and there was a young man in the altar and he was worshiping and praising and just really exuberant about the things of God and and I'm sure he was maybe making some church folk uncomfortable, but he was just so on fire for God and worshiping God and, and my friend... Uh, talked to the pastor that was sitting next to him and began asking about that young man and what God was doing in his life. And, and the pastor said, this is an amazing, he's an amazing story. He said, he just came to us here just recently and he came out of, out of the, the welfare, the adoption system. He was, he was, uh, he was an orphan and, and he was, his parents were addicted to crack cocaine and, and he was, uh, he was just going through the system, the state foster care system. And his parents were caught up in addiction and he was, he was, 
uh, made to, to stay in the CPS office because they couldn't find a home for them. And, and so eventually they were able to place this young man in a new family. And, and this family was driving this young man from the CPF, CPS office home to their house. And they were driving by this church. This young man had grown up in brokenness and addiction and instability. He didn't have a church. He didn't have a church home. But as this foster family was driving this young man home from the CPS office, they drove by a church. It was a, it was a Pentecostal church. And, and this young man was looking out the window, and he said he, would, he saw the church, and something in his heart just gave him the desire to want to go visit that church. And he didn't know this family, but he asked this, this new foster parents if he could go visit that church. And, and so they were agreed. They agreed to let him go to that church and and so they took him to that church and God began working in his life and it wasn't just in one Sunday but a couple Sundays a few more Sundays God began moving on this young man and eventually God filled him with the Holy Ghost he was baptized in Jesus name and and now he's a he's serving God with all of his heart I want to tell you that if there is hope for a devout Muslim and there is hope for a, a young person that come out of a just a, a completely broken situation there is good news for anyone and everyone that would say, I want to put my faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Don't you ever think God has done working? Don't you ever think that God can't do it? Don't you ever think that God doesn't have something more in store? In fact, even this week, I've been talking to a pastor friend of mine, Bobby Carter, who pastors up in Kokomo, Indiana. And he's been doing these tent revivals for two years. They're having great revival in Kokomo. And, and I was reminded talking to him that he got into church at Calvary Tabernacle. And his story is interesting. He too was just driving by, lived in a home that was far from God. Didn't go to church. Didn't have a family that was in church. They were driving by Calvary Tabernacle at 902 Fletcher Avenue in Indianapolis, Indiana. And something stirred his heart as he was driving by the church. And he just had a desire. It was like God just put a desire in his heart that, that I want to go to that church someday. And he ended up going to Calvary and God got a hold of his life and he began serving the Lord. And now he's pastoring a revival church. He said that there are 25 people in his church that have come from a tent revival just from the past two years. I want to tell you, if God can take some young person that is just driving by a church in some street in downtown Indianapolis and turn him to a pastor that is having revival in a town like Kokomo, Indiana, I want to tell you that there is good news for me and there is good news for you and there is good news. You never know what God might do. You never know what God might do in your situation. And so here we have this story. The book of 1 Samuel, we find this story of this person that had gotten tired of just accepting the status quo. He got tired of just accepting the circumstances in his life the way they were presented to him and instead decided that he was going to take a step of faith on his own and that he was going to do something about his situation. And so the Bible tells us that under the leadership of King Saul that the Philistines had come and gathered together in the hill country of Michmash to do battle against Israel. And, and it was these Philistines that were against God's people and, and they were contrary to God's people. And, and so we, we find here in this story that the Philistines were testing King Saul to see if he was willing to fight. I want to tell you sometimes I wonder if the trials and the tribulations and the circumstances in your life 
really are as bad as you may think they are or as written in stone as you may think they are, but maybe sometimes the enemy is just testing you to see if you're going to have a little bit of faith to recognize that your world is bendable and that through faith that you can move mountains and through your faith that you can rot victories and through your faith that you can affect the circumstances in your life. And so the Philistines were testing King Saul. And so they gathered two garrisons of soldiers. It's about 3,000 men, and they were there fighting there to fight a battle. And as they began to challenge this army, the, the nation of Israel and their armies began coming against the Philistines. The Bible says that as the Philistines began to come against King Saul, that King Saul decided to fight. And so he fought back against this enemy. And the Bible tells us in 1 Samuel Verses, chapters 13 and 14, that Saul had a victory in this battle. And so upon realizing that he had just defeated a portion of the Philistine army, Saul went throughout all of the nation saying and spreading the message, the good news, that, that their armies had just defeated a garrison of the Philistines in battle. And that he needed all of the men throughout all of the coasts of Israel to come and to help him fight the rest of the battle. That he needed volunteers and he needed soldiers and he needed people to contribute their time and their talent and their treasure for the cause of the kingdom. And so the Bible says as Paul as Saul began to send out this word, that the people began gathering. They began gathering there on the battlefield. And the Bible says that there was a, a perception among the people that since Saul had already defeated one garrison of the enemy by himself, that with the help of the additional troops, it would be an easy task to destroy the Philistines completely. You see this? They were expecting that, that Saul had already won the initial battle. And he's calling for additional helps and reinforcements. And since Saul's already gotten the battle initially, if we can just show up, if we can just come and, and just give a little bit of time and a little bit of sacrifice, that if we'll just show up, go through the motions, check in, check out, let someone else carry the load, that, that soon, sure enough, the battle will be over and then we can just high-five each other and we can just shake everybody's hand and we can go back to our normal routine. But you see, that was not the case when they arrived at the battlefield. You see, just as soon as all of them had gathered together in Michmash, the Bible says that the garrison, of the, the garrison of the Philistines began to present themselves to battle. And when they had presented themselves, they seemed to number, the Scripture says, as the sand of the seashore. And when the children of Israel saw how great of the army the Philistines had, had accumulated there on the battlefield, the Scripture says that instead of staying to fight for the name of the Lord their God and for His kingdom and the people, instead the people chose to run and to hide. They showed up. They sure did. They came out of their jobs. They came out of their homes. They came out of their lands. And they came to that battlefield. But when they got to the battlefield, what they were expecting was not necessarily what they experienced. They were expecting just to fight a little bit and then go back home. They, they were expecting just a little bit of inconvenience, just a little bit of sacrifice, just, just a little bit of, of, of taking time out of the regular schedule. But the Bible says that when they showed up to that battlefield, that the enemy had accumulated a great army 
And instead of staying to fight the battle unto victory, the Bible says that they ran and they hid and they went back to their homes. I want to tell you today that we are entering perilous times, that, that if we are going to serve God, that we have got to shake ourselves of an apathy, of just a, a comfort, of just being comfortable. I want to tell you today that God is calling His people to begin to prepare themselves to fight, to begin to pre- prepare themselves to pray, to begin to prepare themselves to outreach, to begin to prepare themselves for revival. I really believe with all of my heart. I've been just feeling stirred in my spirit that as we begin to see ourselves getting closer and closer to what I believe is just going to be biblical prophecy fulfilled in our life, and I'm not trying to, to, be, a, to, 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 to be an extremist, but I'm telling you, I'm telling you, we are going to see God do amazing things in our lifetime. I really believe we are going to see God do things in our lifetime that we've been hearing preached for our lives. And I want to tell you, in order for us to be ready to fight the battle, that we are going to have to brace ourselves and prepare ourselves. That It's going to be more than just going through the motions. It's, it's going to be more than just going through the routines. It's going to be more than just checking in and checking out. But we are going to have to brace ourselves for the battle. It was Paul that tells the Ephesians, in Ephesians chapter 6, he said, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. He said, Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the enemy. He said, For we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. We're not out to fight against people. We're not out to fight against individuals or persons. We don't strive against flesh. We're not to get angry against individual people. That's not... That's not what the servant of the Lord is to do. But the Bible says that we are to wrestle against principalities, spirits, powers, rulers of the darkness of this age, spiritual authority and wickedness in heavenly places. That Therefore, he says, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. It's not going to be just an easy fight at times. It's not going to be just an easy battle at times. And if you're going to stand, then you better put on the armor. He says, therefore, you better put on your waist, the waist, the belt of truth. You better gird your loins with the belt of truth. You better stand upon the truth of God's word. And having put on a breastplate of righteousness, in other words, you better put on some good character. You better put on some right living. You better put on some righteousness to guard your heart. He said, after you protected your chest and your heart with righteousness, you better shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. You better take the battle to the enemy. You better take the fight to the enemy. Above all, taking the shield of faith, which you being able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. He said, then take on the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. In other words, what Paul is saying is that there are going to be some fights that are not going to be simple little battles, but you're going to have to gird yourself with the truth of God's word. You're going to have to dig into God's word. You're going to have to hold on to the promises and to the, into the, into the script, into the word of God. You're going to, you're going to have to put on that belt of truth. You're going to have to put on a breastplate of righteousness. You're going to have to live for God and serve God with all of your heart. You're going to have to take that shield of faith that you can combat against the, the, the fiery darts of the enemy 
that. You're going to have to take on the, the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. That, that serving God isn't always going to be convenient. That serving God isn't always going to be easy. But you've got to prepare and gird yourself to be able to take the fight to the enemy. And so here's what happens. The Bible says as all of the children of Israel were off running to their homes. The Bible says a few days passed. Saul and what was left of his soldiers, about 600 who remained, were gathered under a shaded pomegranate tree. The Bible says as they were waiting on Saul to make a decision about when and how they were going to go out and fight the Philistines. The scripture mentions that they were just sitting there in the shade under the pomegranate tree in neutral, just waiting there, spinning their wheels, just trying to figure out, should we go? Should we not go? Should we do it? Should we not do it? Should we have a tent revival? Should we not have a tent revival? Should we have outreach? Should we not have outreach? Should I trust God? Should I not trust God? Should I go to church? Should I not go to church? Should I pray? Should I not pray? Just standing there in neutral, just waiting to see what was going to happen to them. This young man by the name of Jonathan decided, you know what? Instead of just sitting here in the shade under the pomegranate tree, just waiting for life to happen to us, why don't we get a little bit of faith and why don't we decide that we're going to take the battle to the enemy? Why don't we make life happen? Why don't we make the decision? Why don't we have some faith? Why don't we take action? Why don't we take a hold of the situation? Why don't we move forward? Why don't we take progress? Why don't we take some ground? And so the Bible says in 1 Samuel chapter 14, verse 6, Jonathan said to the young man that bear his armor, come and let us go over into the garrison of these uncircumcised. And just maybe that the Lord will work for us, for there is no restraint to the Lord to save by many or by few. You see what Saul, what what Jonathan had was a faith to recognize, hey, I I don't know exactly how this situation is going to turn out, but I'm not going to let the thought of perfection hold me back from making progress. And so instead of letting life happen to me, I'm going to happen to life. I'm going to move forward. I'm going to take the fight to the battlefield. I'm going to, I'm going to progress on the enemy. I just want to just speak a word of faith to somebody today to tell you you've been spinning your wheels in neutral, just sitting under the shade of the pomegranate trees of life, just waiting on spiritual progress to happen in your life, happen in your business, happen in your marriage, happen in your family, happen in your home. And what God is saying, hey, why don't you get a little bit of faith? I'm with you. I'm for you. I've made a way for you. I've got promises in store for you. Neither height nor depth nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come nor any other creature can separate you from the love of God so why don't you move forward like you know I'm with you like you know I'm for you and you never know what the Lord might do what I'm preaching today is just someone to get a hold of faith you don't have any guarantee we may have this tent revival You never know. There may be rain and we may have three people show up. But you never know. Just maybe we'll have great weather.
And just maybe God's going to go ahead of us. And just maybe there's some family in Trafalgar. They've got everything in their life together, except for they don't have a church home. And, and they, don't, they know that they're far from God. And, and you never know. They might not visit our church, but they might be driving by or get a brochure or a pamphlet. And they might decide, you know what? We've got nothing else to do. Why don't we go to this little tent revival and see what's going on? There's not a whole lot else to do in Trafalgar. We might as well go to the tent revival. You never know. They might come into that tent and they might hear Indiana Bible College singing and they might feel something that they've never felt before and they might begin to feel the presence of the Lord moving on their heart and as they're there just sitting not expecting anything to come of coming to this meeting all of a sudden they may begin lifting their hands and you never know just maybe this presence of the Lord will come over them and conviction will come over them and the power of God will come over them you never know they might come out of their seat and they might go to the altar and the preacher might preach a word for them and Speak into their situation and speak into their heart. You never know. They might come back the second night and lift their hands in the altar and God just might fill them with the Holy Ghost and they might baptize, get baptized right there in a tent in the middle of Trafalgar. Just maybe the Lord will do a work if we will move forward in faith. And so what I want to preach to Connection Point Church today, stand with me all over this place. I don't know what your situation is. I don't know where you are stuck and neutral in your life. I don't know what pomegranate tree you're sitting under. I've sat under enough pomegranate trees, so to speak, in my life. I can relate. I don't know where you are in life where you're just waiting on the situations and the circumstances to dictate to you how you should move forward. Just passive. Just kind of waiting. Just in the valley of indecision. But what I've come to preach today is while we might not have a guarantee on how things are going to happen, what we do have is a God. (laughs) A God that is for us. Mm. A God that is vested in our outcome. A God that says, if you will align yourselves with my word and my will and my principles, whatsoever you ask in my name, that will I do. That kind of God. A kind of God, like Jonathan said, it doesn't matter if we have many or we have few. It doesn't matter to God. He just is looking for someone with a little bit of faith. Come on, God has put visions in some of your hearts, dreams in some of your hearts. A vision is nothing more than a preferred outcome. You've got some preferred outcomes in your life that God has put in your spirit. Come on, I'm every head bowed. I know I'm talking to somebody today. Do you know the Bible says that they that delight in the Lord, that the Lord will give them the desires of their hearts? Now, you can take that one of two ways, but I want to just encourage you and suggest that you take it this way, that as you delight yourself in God, as you begin to serve God and trust God and walk with God, God's going to begin giving you desires. God's going to begin giving you a desire for a preferred outcome in your life, a business, a family, a home, a situation, a ministry, a circumstance. The next season or two of your life, there's some desires that God has put in some of your hearts. 
and it's just sitting there idle. A desire for victory in your life, a desire for victory in your marriage, a desire for victory in your home. You say, well, I don't have a promise that things are going to work out the way I prefer them to. You're right, you might not, but guess what? I just believe that God is for us and God is with us. And God wants to fight on our behalf, and he's just waiting on someone that says, you know what, God? I'm going to step out by faith, and I'm just going to believe that just maybe you just might come through. You just might do a mighty thing. You just might work on our behalf. Come on, all over this place, can we just lift our hands? I know I've preached what I was supposed to preach today. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. God's waiting on you. Come on, be encouraged today. God is waiting on you. You've got the power Come on, your life is bendable. Your life is moldable. Your situation is not yet written in stone. You can, you can still see a miracle. You can still see a preferred outcome. Come on, all over this place. Come on, I want to just begin to ask you to make your way forward right now. Hallelujah. Come on, you're going to do what Jonathan did. You're going to get out from under the pomegranate tree. You're going to apply some good old-fashioned faith in some good old-fashioned prayer. You might apply some good old-fashioned fasting or some good old-fashioned hard work or some good old-fashioned whatever it takes. You're going to be intentional about some things in your life. That's all right. That's good. God is in that. God's an intentional God. God made plans and executed His plans. But I want to tell you, if you will just begin to have some faith in this moment, just maybe God might do something awesome in your life. Can we lift our hands all over this place? Hallelujah, Jesus. Come on, can we just begin to put our trust in the Lord right now? Come on, let's just, let's just kick that gear shift out of neutral. And let's begin to push it into drive today. Come on, all over this place. Hallelujah.